This podcast was brought to you by Good Episode Productions, and you should be thankful. Welcome back to 5050 Chaz, and I am Chaz. This is your favourite podcast where we tell two different stories and our friend has to guess which one is true. Uh, with me, as ever, are my two hosts. My name is Evan, and I am the first 50. My name is Janos, I'm the second 50 and also the current loser of this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Dead last is... one point behind everyone else. <laughs> Uh, and in first place, it's uh, both me and Chaz with uh, an astounding single point. Yeah, um, I like to think I'm winning, though. <laughs> did you get the point first, technically? So I think so. And also, if did we sort alphabetically. We started with clown, so I lost first. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and then Chaz went second, I think. Yes. So, yes. I... Okay, fine. Technically, you're winning, but only by, like, bullshit metrics. That's um, the only metrics I care about, so that's fine with me. Perfect. I feel like we should just get right into it. Um, today, we have three themes that can be summed up with the uh, pithy little phrase that may or may not be the title, uh, Trees, Bees, and Mickey D's. And so it's a, the first story is about trees. The second stories are going to be about bees. And the second one is about fast food, not specifically McDonald's, but like not all of them rhyme with tree yeah. and bee. So I kind of had to make a... <laughs> might actually be about McDonald's. Who knows? I'm excited. I don't know. Y- I, I do know mine, but I don't know yours. I, I, well, it's interesting because I know mine, but I don't know yours. Oh, wow. That's kind of wild. Because I, I, I was actually going to do a, a McDonald's one, but I thought it wasn't necessarily in the spirit of what we had agreed on. Mm-hmm. And I was concerned that it was too recent of a story. Okay. And that well, you I do have, have a McDonald's it. one. So Okay, perfect. Glad we avoided that. Um, <laughs> so, last, <laughs> so last week we did... Um, I went first with Chaz, uh, and then it was me and Janusz, and then Chaz and Janusz, we're going to do it the reverse way. So Chaz or Janusz, whichever one of you wants to get... Do we want to flip a coin to see which one of you goes first? I think Chaz should go first because she's in the lead. Okay, Okay, that makes sense. I'm going to flip a coin, and it says heads, so Chaz, you go first. (laughs) (laughs) That That is my sign. Okay. Today, I'm going to tell you about trees. Awesome. Um, Love them shits. Okay, so my story is about a particular ritual that people where I live used to do. Um, It's a tradition that not many people still observe, except for me, because I like to do this sort of dumb shit. Um, It's basically a folktale around trees that is called Roy Koiden that you do in October as part of the Harvest Festival. This involves finding a tree with berries. Um, In October, that would normally be a rowan tree, Sometimes a holly, if you live somewhere that isn't 400 meters up like I do. Um, and what you do is you take off a bunch of small branches that have berries and you tie them together into a big circle, um, like a ring. And then you have to thank the tree. So you say, Diochen val koiden, Diochen val amloi. I'm sorry? Put- <laughs> what language? Is that Welsh? Okay. Yes. Uh, and then you place this tree around the door handles of any room with a fireplace in. And what it does, apparently, I think it works because it's always worked for me in the past. 
um, which is it prevents your house being burned down during the winter um, from any log fires that you have in your house. And no, no house that I've ever lived in has burnt down, so I think it's pretty good. If the berries stay on the branch until the new year, then the harvest will be good. But if the berries fall off, then there will be a death in the family within the new year. No one knows where this tradition really came from, but they think it might be something to do with a Roman festival, um, as it mostly occurs in South Wales, aka the good bit of Wales, but also the bit that's all Romany, like got Roman stuff in it. Um, English Methodist preacher John Wesley converted much of Wales to the Methodist Christianity in the 1700s, um, and there's loads of statues of him, and he called this tradition proof yet of the pagan mindset that plagues the simple and ungodly among the Welsh people. And today, very few people still do it. Nice. What did you say that was called, the celebration? It, it's called the Roy Coiden. Didn't he play for the uh, Irish uh, national team? Or am I thinking of someone else? Um, if he did, I doubt it was spelt like this. Okay. <laughs> uh, Roy, Roy Keane is who I was thinking of. It's, okay. He's not yeah. a cel. I mean, he celebrates, but he's not a celebration himself. Good footballer. Spelled um, like this. There you go. R- Ooh, what? Ooh. Okay. R-H-Y-W-C-O-E-D-E-N. That's Welsh. That's, <laughs> love, I'm sure love it's Welsh. exactly how I would have pronounced that. I was actually just talking to someone about, um, they were they made a joke about Welsh and were like, I, and also I want to learn it. I will not tell you the <laughs> joke that they made just in case. Because I was just like, I'm about to record a podcast with a Welsh person. I wonder if people do still speak this language. Hmm. Is that is that common? Is it common for people to like casually speak Welsh? Um, only really in um, West Wales, where I'm from, and we're quite close to the border. People don't really um, have it as like a language. You learn it in school, but like only to like a quite low level, like you would like other foreign languages. Mm. Um, but there are people who go to Welsh schools, so there are some Welsh-speaking oh. schools around here that people can go to, and you only speak Welsh there. But I did not, so I'm very poor at it. But you know, I know some. How did um How did you learn about this um holiday? Well, we got a book. It's called Folklores of Old Monmouthshire, and it's got a bunch of um traditional folklores and like stories about trolls and devils throwing rocks and stuff. And it was and in your there. Fam- and your family's always always done this? Uh, they don't do it. I just do it because I found it in the book and I like it. Um, they don't like it because they think it's dumb, but I like it. So <laughs> they just have okay. to endure it. So whatever. All right. I love that. Uh, Janos, you want to go next? I would love to go next. Perfect. So I'm also going to tell a story that involves trees. However, <laughs> what wow, what a coincidence. <laughs> it takes place at an entirely different part of the world and... Uh, tied to an entirely different um, era. This is the story of the Lake Forest Chainsaw Massacre. Now... (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Great. Lake Forest, uh, to those who don't know, is a city located on the shore of Lake Michigan, um, Mm -hmm. on the North Shore area of Chicago, Illinois. And Wikipedia describes it as one of the most scenic, historical, and architecturally significant suburbs of Chicago. However, in 1987, uh, Lake Forest citizens were shaken by utter horror and or confusion and bewilderment over a massive tree-killing spree known as the Lake Forest Chainsaw Massacre. And the cause of this incident is none other than 
actor, bodyguard, and retired professional wrestler Lawrence Turo, better known as Mr. T. Okay. Um, Mr. T hmm. bought an estate here in Lake Forest in 1986 and immediately started to add some personal touches. First, he wanted to erect a huge T sign uh, on the front gate, but uh, he was actually forbidden to do that. And then he uh, built a big white fence around the entire property. But the most outrageous change he made was when he fired up a chainsaw, hired some workers to help him and started chopping down trees relentlessly for seemingly no reason. Uh, the residents of Lake Forest watched in utter horror as the star of the TV show The A-Team, as well as the hit movie Rocky III, cut down hundreds of oak trees on his estate. <laughs> Uh, but these trees were technically all on his property, and there was no law to protect forests in Lake Forest. Yet. So nobody could stop him. When asked why he does this, he only smiled and laughed. Uh, here's a quote by one of, uh, one of the Lake Forest citizens. He thinks it's a joke. The only explanation which uh, his brother gave... Um, states that Mr. T went berserk on the trees because of his allergy. Uh, however, another uh, Lake Forest citizen pointed out, if he hates trees so much, why didn't he build a house in the cornfields? The mystery of why Mr. T killed hundreds of trees is as yet unresolved, nor do we know what he did to the lumber. It is believed that he dumped them into a pool and covered them with dirt. Uh, and this tree-killing massacre could not be stopped by any law. However, the <laughs> direct result of this was that uh, a year later, Lake Forest enacted a tree pres preservation law to stop developers and homeowners from cutting down trees on their property. Um, and yeah, this he later moved out and the, the people who bought it later planted like 150 new trees to like make up for the, for the lack of trees. So That's sweet. Yeah. Do you have any questions? <laughs> uh, see, I was concerned at the beginning because I was mm -hmm. like, big risk for you going for like a murder thing. Because yeah. I was like, I know that stuff a lot and especially like American ones. Mm -hmm. So but do you know I about tree murder? No, that's the thing is I super don't. And so uh, it actually... I guess when you said it, I should have thought because that's what a chainsaw's for, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't... I don't and then when you brought in Mr. T, <laughs> <laughs> how long did he live there? Do you know? A few years. Okay. Yeah, that's weird that he would like cut down so many trees just to be there for like a very short period yeah. of time. But I can also imagine how much fun he probably had <laughs> cutting down a bunch of trees. And so I... Also, I 100% get that as yeah. well. Yeah, like here's the thing: like he did hire workers to do it, but he also super went out there himself and cut them out, cut them down himself. Mm. Yeah, like of course, like you would. I feel like he he must have had like some sort of plan. Like what he must have. That's weird. Yeah, like that's the like weirdest thing about it. Like he he just didn't tell anyone, and the whole allergies thing is as I said, not super convincing because there's so many other places it could have bought a large mansion that isn't in the middle of a forest. Yeah, right, exactly. Huh. Okay. All right, this is tough because I don't know anything about whales. You do. So, like, am I picking based off of, like, the fact that 
you know, Wales could this. I mean, it sounds like something Welsh people would do, right? Like, yeah. But does it sound like something Mr. T would do? And I feel like I don't have like such a big grasp on that guy, you know, like all of his characters. Sure. But like him as a person, like I feel I don't know if he's the kind of person who would just like smile and not give an explanation. Like, I feel like he's the kind of guy who would give some sort of lie, you know, like he would come up with some sort of like conservationalist idea like, hey, I'm clearing out these trees, but I'm going to put rabbits here or something i don't know but mm, okay so i think i'm so we're gonna find the truth and i think the truth is chaz's story about roy corden (laughs) roy coiden roy coiden well um roy coiden is welsh for tree sex um So <laughs> <laughs> it is not true. Ah, um, Thank you, Mister Tree. Thank you for the sex. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, and thank you, Mister T, for eradicating yeah. a forest. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> he yeah he super did that. Um, I found like a. Like on the New York Times archive, they're like an actual article from 1987 with like interviews of the bewildered people uh, where one of them says the thing about him just smiling and nodding. About, Jeez. About See, I was, I was also kind of metagaming it because I was like, well, Janusz does know about wrestling. So I f- feel like it's not outside of... I wouldn't have been surprised if you had... Uh, like you would have known enough yeah. about Mr. T to come up with something fake about it you know yeah i have been actually fascinated by mr t for years he's just a super weird guy (laughs) clearly clearly he is all right do we want him what is what is next is it me and janosh yeah you can do it yeah all right so we're gonna talk about fast food trees bees and domino's pizza Okay. Now, when you think of pizza, what kind of ideas and tastes and feelings come to mind? It's a rhetorical question. Don't answer. I have the answer. <laughs> Soft or crunchy savory crust, a tangy tomato sauce spiced with various oreganos and peppercorns, topped with melted mozzarella cheese, and your choice of a pieced meats and vegetables. Perhaps. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Perhaps yeah. you think of game. <laughs> Perhaps you think of game nights. I got to turn. I'm, I'm distorting the microphone. My strong American voice. <laughs> perhaps, <laughs> perhaps you think of game nights with your family, or game nights with your friends, or game nights with strangers. And presumably, there are other places where someone might eat a pizza, but none specifically come to mind. It's kind of a game night food for me. Uh, but now, if I told you to throw all of that in the fucking garbage to make room for a pizza that, at its base, seems to be some sort of large graham crackery cookie topped with a vanilla sauce, crumbled Oreos, and icing, and served mm, just as hot as any other kind of pizza. In 2007, Domino's Pizza released the Oreo dessert pizza and was met with thunderous applause. 
<laughs> if if uh, if you happen to confuse the sound of people en masse running in the opposite direction of a Domino's pizza <laughs> with thunderous applause, then yes, it was indeed met with thunderous applause. Um, now, you might think, well, with a big cookie topped with other smaller cookies and liquidized <laughs> sugar in two forms presented to you mm, hot for only $3.99, what could possibly go wrong? Well, apparently, all of the things that make a dessert pizza a bad idea. The crust was bland and chewy, the sauce and icing was too sweet, and Oreos are available at the store, so why wouldn't you just eat Oreos? But you don't have to take it from me. Here's what the actual Wikipedia page for Domino's Pizza has to say about it. Nothing. It has been erased <laughs> from their history. It does not even get a passing mention in the innovation section. I could not find it anywhere on their websites. I was only able to track down like one actual article from the time and like a couple other blog posts about people trying it. Um, so d- didn't really like I remember it. I remember this happening. Um, but I was not like as adventurous in food, I think. I mean, I get, I, I was, but I also like didn't order from Domino's as a kid. So like, I, I guess I was not ever in a position to get my own. I would 100% order this shit now. Um, it sounds but, great yeah. to me. I don't know what the everyone's issue is. Sounds right? awful. Like, <laughs> like it must be, okay, the duality of man. <laughs> um, so yeah, yet another failing during the years of the George Bush presidency. <laughs> all right that's beautiful thank you you're welcome um hmm. questions you got got any questions about that yeah Hmm. do i have any questions is it like something people remember in fast food circles you said you can find much about it but is it something people remember or is it mostly forgotten so I guess the t- the tough part is that this was back when Domino's like sucked, um, yeah. because in like the early 2010s they kind of redid their whole thing. So I imagine that they were like, I feel like the Oreo pizza for Domino's was like like a bad night in college, you know, okay. where like yeah. maybe like you're just you don't want to ask anybody if they remember it just in case they don't, you know? Yeah. Um, I was able to find one Reddit post that was like, hey, can we, it's been 10 years, can we bring this back? And some people were like, what are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But actually, uh, the comedian John Oliver had a bit uh, in his uh, stand-up about the Domino's pizza Mm. and how it was basically the culmination of, like, America, you know? Mm -hmm. He would say that. He would say that. He would probably say that. John Oliver. Okay. <laughs> okay. Next quest. Next uh, story. All right. So this is actually perfect because uh, we did call this uh, Trees, Bees, and Mickey D's. But also Evan's story was about Domino's Pizza. So I'm going to like bridge the two and tell you about Whoa. the McDonald's pizza fiasco. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, McDonald's has like long history. Um, as some may know, it was... Uh, Found in 1948 when the brothers Richard and Maurice McDonald realized that the restaurant McDonald's Barbecue 
in which they sold a wide variety of barbecue food items, was most successful at selling hamburgers. So they rebranded uh, to only sell hamburgers, cheeseburgers, fries, and milkshakes and changed their name to simply McDonald's. Thus began the success story of the world's most popular fast food restaurant. However, there's a chapter in McDonald's history that the company is desperate to erase. The story of how McDonald's almost ended in the 1960s due to a fatal menu choice. Now, uh, the figure who is instrumental for, for this miscalculation is a guy named Ray Kroc, who is actually also responsible for McDonald's to become what it is today. Uh, he uh, joined the. He was he was originally a milkshake vendor, and he joined the operation in the nineteen late nineteen uh, in the early nineteen fifties. And he was the guy who uh, took responsibility in setting up franchises all over the country, um, and more importantly, investing in uh, successful marketing campaigns, um, which led to the introduction of the famous Golden Arches. But he was also a guy who um, started experimenting with new food items in the 1960s. Uh, he was the one who introduced the filet of fish, which became a success. Great sandwich. Great sandwich. But he also had some failures. Um, one of them, like his, one of them, was the hula burger, where he put a pineapple on a, a hamburger. Not a success. But his biggest no. failure was the McPizza. He wanted to uh, convince the McDonald's brothers uh, to sell pizza as early as in the mid-1950s. But he could never convince them. They wanted to keep with the core items. So it took until 1967 where um, Ray Kroc bought them out and became CEO of McDonald's that he could finally put his passion project to work, selling pizza at McDonald's. And he saw the success of the Mac Pizza as a given. It's, it's the most popular chain restaurant of the country and one of the most popular food items of the country. Should, should be a match made in heaven, right? However, he put a ton of resources in the marketing, um, but it didn't really consider that you also need to know how to make pizza. And he actually even hired new, <laughs> new cooks just for making pizza, but he didn't... He didn't acquire pizza ovens, uh, and he wanted to cut the budget with um, not acquiring the right quality of ingredients. Like most notoriously, when he was asked for mozzarella cheese, he told them to just use Kraft American cheese instead. So you might guess that this was a huge flop. Here's a quote by contemporary food reviewer Jordan McAllister, who uh, wrote in his review for the New York Times, if I wanted pizza, I'd just go to any pizza place instead. They serve the superior <laughs> food item for half the price. Uh, so this led to McDonald's because of the huge um, ad advertisements and um, all the cooks they hired and then had to fire. It cost them a loss of $1.4 million, which at the time was like a lot, especially because McDonald's wasn't quite as big at that point. And it actually got them close to bankruptcy. However... Around the same time, they also introduced a little food item called the Big Mac, with basically no marketing surrounding it. And, and this, this, uh, this new Big Mac became an instant success. So people quickly forgot about the Mac pizza. And now nobody will want you to know about it. Wow. Okay. Um, hmm. What toppings were served on the Mac pizza? Oh, there was like... Um, 
there was one with just cheese and there was one with like uh, meat and cheese. Like it was basically hamburger meat with uh, craft cheese on top. <laughs> oh, okay. I fucked that up, if I'm being honest. It doesn't sound that bad, honestly, yeah. I have had a pizza with doner kebab meat on it, so it's not awful. Yeah. Um, Janusz and I have actually eaten pizza together, fun fact. It's true. That's pretty good. Yeah, we had uh-huh. what? What did you have? We had like, I think I had kebab, kebab, kebab pizza. Yeah, I had uh, pepperoni. Mm, a classic choice. Classic. Okay, I think Janosh was telling the truth. So here's the thing: there, uh-huh. there, there was pizza at McDonald's. I've heard, but it. I refused to look up anything about <laughs> it, so I just made it up. <laughs> That's a lot of detail. That's also like I, I put in a, a lot of actual details about the founding of McDonald's, but uh, I you think confused me with subterfuge. Yeah, up to the point of the hula burger, it was real. So like the first, the, the part that wasn't about the Mac pizza. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was like. I was like, yes, the I do. I am aware of the hula burger. Yeah, uh, I did know that, but I was also like, I do know that they did pizza once, but. I was like, oh, what is, I wonder if this is the true story or the fake story of whatever they did with pizza. Because I don't, did they, do you know if they called it the Mick Pizza? I don't think so. Okay, yeah. It doesn't seem like, it's like saying things like Mick something is just like, McDonald's doesn't really do that, like as much as people think they do. No, they have like fun names for things. They have, I don't know, maybe it's different in Germany because... Maybe they renamed some items, but we have we have some Mac items here. Well, yeah, but it's, it's like yeah, it's the Mac nuggets and the Mac chicken, I guess. But it's not like the it's like the fillet fish is not the Mick fish, yeah. you know. Like it's not that they don't have like a Mick salad. I think I know? think I've been to places where they actually called it Mac fish in different countries. Okay. I think well, in like Hungary or something. But yeah, <sighs> Hungary would do that, wouldn't they? Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So now please reckon with the fact that the Domino's pizza is 100. The Domino's Oreo pizza is 100% true. I do to be, remember to be fair, its existence. I did think it was probably true. Um, but I was just persuaded by the amount of detail in Yanosh as well. As you were talking, I was like, this, is, this has got to be true. But I was bamboozled. So yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah. So would you, you'd eat the Domino's Oreo pizza, right? Yeah, I'd try. Yeah, me too. I would I'm not probably a big fan try, of but sweet things, I'm like, so there's, there's like, like there's chocolate pizza here, and it's, it's not bad. Like it's, it's basically a cake, but you also can't eat it on your own. Like it's for four people, mm. maybe one small chocolate pizza because it's like so sweet. So I think yeah. that that's what uh, I would think of the Oreo pizza too. Like you just can't eat that many Oreos. Yeah, I I guess it, I didn't. I think it's like a ten inch pizza as mm-hmm. well. Like it's yeah. not it's not a tiny pizza. Yeah. Um but I can understand like I think the the big issue is like what do you put that on? Like and I I think that was like the big thing where they like didn't really have a good crust idea. They were basically like Oreos. People love Oreos and they didn't really think about what the actual pizza part was gonna be. Yeah. It's like yeah, respect to you. Okay, I'm being called to tea, so I really we need to do this last bit real quick. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm murdered by my family. Okay. 
my story about bees. So bees, if you don't know, are a type of flying insect that subsist on the pollen of flowers. Pollen being a protein-filled collection of plant cells excreted for the purposes of reproduction. Bees live in a variety of family units, some in a hierarchical society of many bees within a hive, others in a solitary style, in a hole in the ground, not unlike many people. Some produce honey, while others do not. <laughs> sure. There is a fine tradition involving bees, and this is known as telling the bees. Probably dating back to Celtic tradition, whatever that means. A family's beehive must be kept aware of any significant events that happen within that family to prevent misfortune or surprise when the bees find out later. This includes birth, marriages, and other sort of significant events. If someone was to die within the house, you must go up to the bee and say something along the lines of, your master is dead, but I, your new master, will take care of you. Failure to do so could lead to bees becoming sick or failing to produce. For extra consideration, it's polite to put black cloth on the hive so the bees can mourn properly. What? People who, <laughs> people who really respect their bees would uh, also put cake, cake from the funeral next to the hive so the bees could partake of the celebration. If there was a wedding and you didn't introduce to and you didn't introduce yourself to the hive at your wedding uh, feast, and then give them some cake, your marriage would be doomed to fail. This is why divorce rates are so high now. Probably, <laughs> <laughs> there is even a tale in Norfolk of a man who owned a beehive who died. The new owner of the bees failed to provide them with the correct mourning clothing, and they became sick. He then gave them to someone else, saying, "Oh no, my bees are dead." Uh, who put black cloth on the hive and the bees. Grateful for the acknowledgement of their deceased friend, became well again. Um, this is not much used anymore as people don't keep bees traditionally, but I like to think if you're a beekeeper, you still do this. And that is the story of bees. Okay, so when one did, oh. was this? When was this done by them? Um, it's been done for ages, um, but up until like the 1800s and like the early 1900s. Okay, and like regionally where? Uh. Mostly the UK and other parts of Europe. Okay, sounds like something they do. Um, yeah, so, and, and they had to be, like, beekeepers? Or was it also, like... Well, no, people just had beehives. If you lived in the country, you'd often have a beehive. Really? Just to, like... Yeah. Okay. Interesting. your food. If you had, like, a big garden, like a manor house sort of thing, then you'd also have bees. Okay. Isn't that, like, a huge hassle? Like, they can sting you whenever... Not if you wear a bee suit. <laughs> okay. Bees will only sting you if they're really threatened, so they're your friends. And you, this you is like the bees. upper class people. Um, not necessarily. It would be like if you live in the countryside, often poorer families would also have beehives because it's, you know, free honey, basically. Mm. So mm -hmm. it's quite common. A lot of people had beehives just around. All right. Interesting. Okay, let's move on to you, Evan. Awesome. <clears throat> so, for this story, I'm going to take you back. Back before smartphones and VHS tapes and online chat rooms to the year 3000 BCE. We hop on over to the tomb of a noblewoman in a city in the country of Georgia, about 200 kilometers west of what is modern-day Tbilisi. Now, back around Bronze Age in Georgia, they were working with like metal and stuff, but they were also drinking wine, and they were probably some of the first people on Earth to do that. But they were also apparently and potentially keeping bees uh, in this tomb 
in the city in the country of Georgia, about 200 kilometers west of what is modern-day Tbilisi, they found an ancient jar of honey in a ceramic pot. Now, the common idea is that honey never goes bad. Right? We've heard that. You've heard that, yes? Yeah. 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 Uh, so you can owe the confirmation of this fact to one Hustam Dwalishwili, who, while laboratory studying and, like, confirming the presence of the honey in the jar, basically, like, yes, this isn't just weird crystallized fossilized dog organs or whatever, because it usually is. Well, he did take a little taste, didn't he? Didn't he? He, t- he tasted it a little bit, didn't he? <laughs> um... And so, uh, what an absolute legend. Um, so I can't find like a huge amount of, of, of like information on this guy after 2003, which was when this happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I also didn't find that he died because of it. So like, I guess we know that that's the truth. Um, so like honey, I guess at least is like fine. Like maybe it's not still good. It probably doesn't taste like anything, but like, it's not going to kill you, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess that's like not going bad. Right. So what's really interesting about that situation is that the ceramic pot had uh, uh, transcribable and translatable glyphs on it. So this is like similar to Mesopotamian cuneiform, and it told a simple short story. And so this is a translation. So obviously, like, I mean, some of the words are, I don't know if that's what I would choose, but a man is throwing rocks. He knocks a beehive from a tree. It breaks and reveals a sweet paste. He enjoys it so much, he looks for more beehives to knock down. He knocks another beehive down. This one breaks and reveals bees. He sends his wife to look for more beehives. <laughs> because even That's literally 5,000 years ago, nothing was funnier than putting your wife in danger. <laughs> and that's the story of the ancient honeypot from uh, Tbilisi, Georgia. This is, like, this is like that Yoda meme that's like... <laughs> 2 a.m. in the morning after uh, <laughs> after eating 47 bees <laughs> wake up again send wife for more beehive <laughs> yes well absolutely make that <laughs> yeah a lot of like early comedy is mm-hmm. just like wife jokes it's really yeah. weird yeah and the, many people would argue that this, even today, nothing is funnier than uh, than a funny comedy voice saying "my wife." My wife, yeah, exactly. You know, I once had to write an essay on whether ancient Assyrians had a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. My conclusion was they do, but they just like bad things happening to people, and they find that <laughs> funny. <laughs> this is very high stakes for me because if I guess this right, we've evened out the score. And if I don't, it stays the same. Oh, yeah. Wow, you're right. Yeah. And where I'm standing currently is that Chess's story is absolutely preposterous. <laughs> and, and I don't think you would have, like, if this was a made-up story, I'm, I'm doing double reverse psychology because... And I might, I might stand here like, uh, like Boo Boo the Fool... Um, because I'm, I am realizing how <laughs> ridiculous this logic is that I'm uh, applying. <laughs> but my re- double reverse psychology says that this is too ridiculous to be made up. Like if you'd made make up a story, you'd you'd want to make it like somehow believable. Are you talking about Chaz's story? Yeah. So I'm well. Go- I'm gonna say Chaz is telling the truth. 
Um, well, you're right, it is true. And I don't think it's that preposterous. You know, you tell it to the bees. You want the bees to know. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Say the bees. Say the nice. bees. <laughs> Say, Say to the, the bees. bees. So yeah. if you happen to see bees as you're out and about, just keep them posted about what's going on in your life. They uh, like to know. Yeah, I'm going to hook them up to Twitter. Yeah. Okay, uh, I've really got to go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Janusz and I will, I guess, conclude the podcast. Uh, so, uh, okay. bye. Bye. Okay, uh, I'll just do my end bit. Thank you for listening to 5050 Chaz, and we'll see you next week. And a cheese gun. All right. Welcome to fifty fifty blank space. <laughs> I'm st- I'm um, stoked. We have, we've even now even out the score. Everything yeah. is open again. Can't believe it happened in episodes. just one episode. And we're we're back to fucking square one. Yeah, we can just delete all the recordings so far. I I panicked literally both times because <laughs> I couldn't remember which it I was like was I supposed to tell the truth or not like when you were talking about the pizza I was like that's true yeah uh, so I like I was... and then I fucking did not believe Chaz's story at yeah, all right I was like that's bonkers so I was like did I uh, I had to go back and just like okay I like I checked our chat logs and I was like okay it was very clear who was supposed to do what so. And I was also worried, like, what if we just keep getting things right and it's too easy? Mm-hmm. So this is like, this is a good sign. Yeah, absolutely. Is... I, I was feeling like after the first episode, I was feeling like, am I just super dumb that I'm the only one who didn't <laughs> get it right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Did hey, I not hard, try hard enough to make... Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I, t- I told the truth, truth stories twice, so I don't know. Yeah. But maybe they were too obvious the first time, I thought. So that's why I tried to... I, I was actually very worried about the Mr. T story. Because I thought, that's that's a major celebrity. And it didn't yeah. happen that long ago. And, you know, shit about people. So I, I like uh, asked around in group chats where you're not in, if that's a well-known story. And they said no. <laughs> if it were an actual, like massacre of people i think i probably yeah. would have known yeah i don't know like mr t is like a well-known celebrity but I, f- I feel like it's all his like character stuff it's not so much things about him as a dude you know yeah and i think mate like that probably put you in a pretty safe spot there yeah it's also like you know a suburb of chicago that is like mostly you know it's 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 a more one of the more expensive suburbs it's like mostly upper class uh people mm-hmm. who live there so it might just not get out so far like when i searched for i searched for like weird tree facts <laughs> and when this came up i was like okay but this is not a very reputable website but then i googled for the actual words of like mr t tree massacre and it mm-hmm. did bring up a new york times article from the 1980s wow. and also confirmation from like how like other articles about how that uh, spot is doing in 2000 in the 2010s or whatever i think there was like an article from 2016 or whatever about it being sold again or there was like one from a chicago website that was like uh looking back at mr mr t's tree killing mr tree mr tree how they call him now like i there's no way mr tree wasn't like all uh, like 
That's it's just it's just too easy. It's too easy. <laughs> Maybe people uh, did think it's just too easy, so they didn't bother. I mean, that's yeah, okay. I mean, that that doesn't make like yeah, I probably would have said no, don't do that. That's lame. But like, I know that people, I guess, yeah. like to go for the easy jokes. Um, not me. We 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 hold ourselves to a very mm-hmm. high standard. Um, I honestly should have known. Like, I I. I think because the thing is, like, there was definitely like things that sounded like you had taken them as quotes. Yeah, you know, like I, I, I guess I, I guess I don't have a good grasp on like how you write stories. You know, so I don't know. Like, I heard like fire up a chainsaw, and I was like, hmm, that <laughs> sounds like something an article would say. And I, I should have like, I don't think the actual phrase "fire up a chainsaw" was from an article. Like that's. Okay. That sounds like me to me. Okay, uh, that's okay. So I, it's just getting used to. Yeah. I also definitely should have known because I asked Chaz what it is, what the thing was, uh, Roy, Roy, Putin, mm-hmm. and she was like, "Oh, hold on," or like she like hesitated, and it wasn't just off the top of her yeah. head. Like if it's something she and I should have like I recognized that, but I don't think I let it. I don't think I like listened to that enough as much as I should have. Like that should have been an obvious tell. But. Yeah, and I, I was gonna do to me to me like actually in your story, what what made me believe Chess's story more, even even though I, as I said, it is absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the one tell in your story was the was actually the part about sending out my wife for more honey or for more beef <laughs> or whatever. Like that sounds to me like a twenty first century way of putting things yeah i mean that 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 was sort of the risk i was like i want this to sound like a wife joke (laughs) um but i i don't know i didn't take enough time with like yeah i do think you know the argument you made at the end about how um wife jokes are the oldest form of comedy would have been a great argument (laughs) even though it was totally made up yeah i mean it's true like one of the earliest uh wife jokes on record is just like wife sits on a guy's lap and she farts mm-hmm. you know that's funny i guess i th- yeah and that's classic that's cl- literally the most classic comedy yeah. that's page one of the joke book but, <laughs> um also i totally just like for that dude's name in the middle i just put together like the first name and a last name of different ufc fighters mm-hmm. from yeah. like that general area of the world Cause I was like, oh, if I say if I say like complex Georgian name very quickly, it's gonna sound like I. Maybe that's more suspicious if I say it like super yeah. well. You know, I don't know. But I mean, like the the so the pot the pot is real. Like they did actually find honey mm-hmm. from then, but uh, no one tasted it, and it didn't have anything written on it. Yeah, yeah. The thing about someone tasting it also sounds. I guess they might do it. I don't know. I don't know what. Uh, I mean, people I- wanted to drink the. Yeah, exactly. That's what that's what juice, I I thought you know. of, but they didn't. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, it I was think... pretty obvious. It was just gross shit. Yeah, yeah. Because I think people are gonna meme about wanting to eat the ancient honey, but I don't know if they'll do it. And I was just very excited to talk about the Domino's pizza because I was like, yeah. "That's long enough ago," and I don't think they did it on Munch Squad. That I don't think you would like have been familiar with it um yeah i definitely i was actually gonna do i i I was gonna do the mcmillian scandal Mm -hmm. um do you know about that no okay well maybe i'll (laughs) i guess i can't save it now can i but 
is basically like Monopoly, like McDonald's did this Monopoly game um, mm. where like... Oh, yeah, now, uh, like, now it's familiar, yeah. Yeah, so you, they like, you just like would take these sort of Monopoly like little tags off of like the food that they sold and then like some of them would have like you won a million dollars or whatever. But actually someone very high up in the organization um, just sort of would steal them and give mm. them to people and tell and like split the profits or whatever. <laughs> and it was like connected to the mafia and yeah. all that. Um, yeah, I heard of the McDonald's it. Monopoly scam, but I never actually read it up what it is. So I, I wouldn't have known the details. I just knew that there was some sort of thing going on there. Yeah, I figured I didn't want to like give it away. Yeah. You know, Um, but yeah. Okay. Um, That's a podcast and you have to go record your other podcast and I have to go, I don't know. Yeah. I actually have in the new place I'm living. I'm also like one minute from Domino's, (laughs) like literally four house numbers in the same street. I love that. That's so good. Hmm. They actually have a, I don't know if they've, it's made it over there, but they have this uh, cookie brownie thing. Have you seen that? I think, I think they have that. Yeah. Yeah. That shit's so good, dude. I love it. Okay. I keep that in mind. Like it's, I mean, I guess it's not a cookie pizza, but it's like, if you put some caramel sauce on it or whatever, like you're basically there. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But it's really nice. Uh, So I I definitely stand by Domino's, you know, love that. Love that guy. Okay. Um, You want to plug anything? I just listened to the, you know, just the shows I plugged last time. Listen to uh, Song of Babies and Puppies, uh, Age of Pods, uh, Who Watches the Watch. There, you know, two of them are about books and the other one is about music. Sufjan Stevens, he's Sufjan got a Stevens. new song out that you're going to talk out. New songs, about. yeah, that's why we're recording it. We're just going to record like an emergency episode about the new song and the album announcement. I just don't know when these episodes are going to go up. Yeah, so I that's can't true. really so that's plug old news. actual episodes, like uh, current episodes, because who knows? I feel like we'll probably have like four episodes in the can before anything comes yeah, out. Yeah, that's good. Um, but it's like it's a fun enough podcast to do that, you know. Definitely. Having them is kind of secondary. Um, my name is Evan Diem, and you can find my music and shit on Spotify and Bandcamp. Um, and uh, I have a pod. I, I also have a podcast. Uh, it's called Pizza My Heart, and we talk about instant food and uh, and music. So if you like my twisted takes on mm. weird food, um, then go go for that. I I I drank blue cheese out of the bottle yesterday, uh, not like for the podcast, but just you know, cause <laughs> no, I did content with it. But I actually okay. I have a question. Have you ever heard of you? Have you ever seen the movie UHF? It's Weird Al's movie. No, I haven't seen it. So there's a thing that he makes in it called a Twinkie Wiener Sandwich, mm-hmm. um, where you cut open a Twinkie and you put a hot dog in it, and then okay. you cover it in spray cheese. Is it good? I don't know, but I'm going to have <laughs> one tomorrow. And I'm very excited about nice. it. Nice. Yeah, I did, see, I did see your blue cheese video, though. It was very good. Thank you. I'm very glad. that It was really not a problem for me to drink blue cheese. <laughs> I love that stuff. I love it so much. <laughs> I don't know. People were like, that's so weird. You drank it. And it's like, I also put it on like my chicken wings. And the, like, I ate more blue cheese doing that. It's like, it's not a big deal if you yeah, eat it like didn't a very look, small amount of Didn't sauce. look disgusting to me or anything. Okay. That's a podcast. That's a podcast. Chaz it up. Chaz, Chaz, Chaz time. Take care. We'll see you next time. Bye. Maybe we'll have a guest. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. Talk to Lucy. Who knows? Okay. Bye. <laughs>
Bye. been listening to a good episode productions network podcast see the website for more details